I'm Gavin Scott, your host. Welcome to the Stay Outstanding podcast, the show that shares wisdom and gifts knowledge, motivates you to be your authentic self, influences you to fulfill your true potential, encourages you to take action, and inspires you to step into your greatness. Welcome to today's episode, everybody. Today's guest is Lauren Notin, who is a coach to entrepreneurs. Um, Lauren, what, what does your work entail as a coach to entrepreneurs? What does it entail as a coach to entrepreneur? Yeah. Well, basically, uh, I help entrepreneurs avoiding the being the bottleneck in their businesses. So when I say that, Usually all entrepreneurs understand what it means to be the bottleneck in the business. (laughs) So just for anyone listening, can you give us an example? Yeah, for instance, the the easiest example to give is when you are, you know, you have a small company, um, maybe three, four years. uh, You created a company like three, four years ago. Uh, you do tend to be in a situation where everything is tied around you, you know, and it's like a it's like a pyramid where you make all the decisions. Yeah. At one point, that model is not sustainable because you're completely overwhelmed. You don't you don't delegate enough, and then this is where you become the bottleneck because everything is tied around you. Uh, you're stuck. Uh, you don't move as fast as you would like to move. And when you're stuck and when you're moving fast, your business is stuck. And your business is not moving fast. So that's, that's, that's a typical example. Another, another example, it relates more with mindset. I guess aujourd'hui, aujourd'hui today, <laughs> I guess today we're going to talk about mindset a lot. Uh, being an entrepreneur starts with in your head. You know, being an entrepreneur, it's all about, it's all about the mindset. And when in your head it's not going well, you become the bottleneck too. And again, when you are the bottleneck in your business, you are stuck, which means your business is stuck too. So how do you help them unstuck? Understand. Well, understand is, is it's a, it's it's a it's a big uh, word. It's, there's a lot. There's a lot that that's happening. So the first thing the first thing I do is I sit down with them and you know I just ask them to to tell me what's going on. So that's 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 the first phase, and I will explore a lot. The, the thing about my clients is most of the time I don't have um, you know experience in their businesses. I don't have experience in the industry. So I'm going to ask a lot of questions, sometimes very stupid questions, because I need to understand what's what is the background, the context, uh, what is their daily 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 life, uh, what do they do, etc. Et so that, that's the first that's the first thing. Um, during that process, I'm going to ask a lot of questions like, why? Why did you do this? Or why did you do that? I'm also I'm going to also focus on their feelings, you know, what is happening right now? You're in such situation. What does it mean for you? How does it make, how does it make you feel? What's going on in your head? 
you know. And then once we reach there, and sometimes, you know, it takes, it takes um, some hours to get there. Once we are there and have a full, have a full picture, it's also helpful for them because words on, on what, they, what they feel, and they also put, put words on the situation. Once we are there, I'm gonna explore uh, what it is that they want to achieve. Now, if we get out of that situation, whatever the situation is, and I'm simplifying here, well, what would that mean for you? What changes would you like to see happening? Then once we, are, we, have, we have defined that, we're gonna go in, we're gonna explore the options. What are all the options um, they have in front of them? We're gonna select the best option and the most important step in any coaching conversation is to make a plan of action. I've selected, you've selected your options. Now, what are you gonna to do to make it happen? So let's take, for example, I started a technology business a year and a half ago. All of a sudden, the investment that we started the business with has dried up. Revenue hasn't come in as quickly as we had forecasted and there's now a liquidity issue. And effectively, there's nowhere to run. There is a liquidity issue, it can't be avoided. And what's happening is I'm trying to avoid the issue. <laughs> How do you confront <laughs> that scenario? Is that, a real, is that a real scenario first? Sure, of course. Okay. When you say, when you're saying there is a liquidity issue, what is that issue? Tell me more. Well, every business will have a burn rate, i.e. cost that they have every month. And mm. if the income isn't supporting that of the business, then you are effectively going to go into negative equity. Okay. Um, can, you share, can you share numbers or not? Numbers. Let's say the initial investment was two and a half million. Yep. You're burning 1.7 million a year. Mm -hmm. you 800,000 for year two, and you were going to fill the two and a half with the 800,000 and the 1.7 million from revenue. But your revenue has only been 800,000. So instead of having two and a half, you've got 1.6 million. You're 900,000 short. Okay. Uh, how long, how much more runway do you have right now? Months. Months. To maybe three at maximum. Okay, so let's say three months. All right, so you have three months runway. What is the what is the business about, and when did you start? Uh, it's about uh, buying, selling properties uh, online, and it started to started eighteen months ago. Eighteen months. Eighteen months ago. Um, you started eighteen months ago, and then. Tell me, tell me about the process of getting the business to where it is today. Well, I mean, from zero, you have to put teams in place, structures. Um, you have to drive revenue. Um, you have to create new revenue streams. You have to obviously get bandwidth with your audience so that they actually know you exist. Um, you know, we're talking about on a global scale. So there's a lot of room to get to get audience okay. um 
what are the other so that that money was given to you by uh, investors yeah. yeah what are the sources of revenue or the sources of revenue that you have so subscriptions from other real estate agents so they can market their properties fine what is your how, how much you say you need to uh, to uh, to 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 operate per year 1.6 two and a half two and a half sorry the revenue that you create that you have from uh, your clients subscriptions mm -hmm. yeah. how much does they represent does this represent well it, it's growing year on year just in year two it hasn't grown as quickly as the forecast okay but it doesn't answer my question <laughs> how much does it represent uh, in financial terms yeah yeah in, or in percentage yeah yeah so um in terms of the revenue it mm -hmm. represents 100 percent. but in terms of uh operate you're covering the expenses the budget how much does it represent well i mean in year one and two it's very different because obviously the income is lower and as you go through the years of the forecast it's uh, there's more income so the the percentage gets less but let's say in year one it's a hundred percent year two it's about 60 percent 50 60 percent okay so in year one you were able to operate with uh revenue that you were making from subscriptions yeah, a little bit. Yeah, we carried over. Yeah. Okay. And in year two, you needed the money from VCs. Yeah. Why did you go after money for this from VCs? To start the business. Sorry, sorry. To start the business. To start the business. Yeah. So year one. There was a cash flow surplus of 800,000 from the 2.5. Yes. So left of 800,000 to run year two, plus whatever your revenue is. The revenue was 800,000, and it leaves like, you know, no liquidity. Okay. Before, before in year one, we had uh, uh, 700,000 liquidity buffer. Okay, it's a bit, it's a bit, sorry, it's a bit, it's a bit confusing. Yeah, if you had uh, the numbers in front of you, it'd be much easier. To yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, no, I, get, I get we're playing with theoreticals and yeah, yeah, yes. in conversation. But my question typically at that stage would be to ask you, why did you decide to fund the business from external uh, investment rather than bootstrapping it? Rather than? Bootstra bootstrapping it bootstrapping. or what, what, what yeah. do you mean by bootstrap well, not not using not using external investment like using like uh, not from not from you know angel investors or vcs using well, your own money or using money from the bank or whatever the banks wouldn't loan there isn't mm -hmm. any of my own capital so you know you can't start a business with Five, ten, fifty, a hundred thousand pounds. If you're trying to create a global digital product, just can't be done. Okay, but why would you want to go international international immediately? Just because that's the product. Tell me more. 
Well, it's a niche area of property. And so you need the numbers to increase the, uh, the revenue. Okay. All right. Let's move, let's move forward because otherwise we could talk about that, that for, forever. I would need a lot more information. But typically, if we move to stage two, I would tell you, I would ask you, all right, so now what's going to happen in three months' time? Well, if we don't increase our revenue or we don't get surplus investment from somewhere, then we would cease to operate. Okay. Or we would reduce the operations significantly. So already you are giving me an option here. Ideally, what would you like to see happen? Well, increase revenue. Increase revenue in three months' time. How much more revenue would you need to stay alive or not reduce the uh, operations? Well, for the three months, we would need roughly... We'd need roughly 300,000, let's call it. So 100,000 per month. Have you ever been able to get that much revenue in the past? Yes. Do you remember when? Uh, yeah, in, the, in Q4 and Q1 of year one and year two. What was different then? Um, timing and uh, in motivation, I guess, from the teams. I think it's difficult to keep teams motivated when they see the company stalling. Right. Timing. Tell me more about timing. Why? How the timing was was impacting the results back then? Um, well, basically, there was a pandemic. Um, so, you know, communication globally significantly reduced. So that reduced exposure to new audiences, both uh, buyers and sellers. Um, and yeah, basically the, the sales just were, the leads were not being converted at such a high rate. So we had consistent leads, but the leads weren't being converted at such a high rate. Okay. And before that, in Q1, you had consistent leads, but the leads were converted faster. Yeah. All right. Okay. Now, that would raise a question for me in my mind. We know why then and why not now? Why didn't you adapt to the, to the situation? But this is not something that I will address now. I will address that later, for instance. Now, I would like to go to talk also about the motivation, the team motivation. But first, I would like to ask you about, you know, your own motivation. How are you still motivated? Yeah. You. Okay. Are you sure? Because you don't look motivated. <laughs> <laughs> well, I could get going if you like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How are you feeling about that situation? Um, a bit tense, to be honest with you. Yeah. It's, it's not a pleasant environment to be in. Have you, ever deal, have you ever dealt with such a situation before? Uh, I ran a company where my investors purposely bankrupted me 
to line okay. pockets. So an entirely different issue, but they did stop funding uh, the projects so that they could call in a loan, which was past the uh, last date of repayment. And they did that purposely to just take the company money. And so the, what happened to the business? It went bankrupt. Okay. They, they mm -hmm. made it go bankrupt. It was their choice. Okay. And they did that to take the money out of the company. And how did you feel about that when that happened? Yeah, it was a tough experience, man. I'm not going to lie. Mm. It was like having a noose around my neck for so long. I knew for nine months that they were going to do it. I could just see it coming and coming and coming. And I tried to raise money, but like basically you're not actually allowed by UK laws to raise money if you don't have liquidity. Mm. Um, so... Although I could have got money, it would have been illegal and immoral for me to get money by the laws and regulations. So uh, I was just being hung out to dry, man. And eventually the ship sank and I went with it. Are you afraid that the situation happens again today? Um, I'm not afraid, but it's not an outcome that I want. Mm. Um, I think in, in business, you have to be prepared for all outcomes. You know? Like if we weren't saying six months ago, if we don't prepare, we might have a bottleneck. How are we going to prepare? Then I think that's poor planning and preparation. Okay. I ask you the question because at least it doesn't necessarily start from you, which is, which is okay. You know, leave the situation before... You know how it feels, and you know it's part it's part of the journey, which is which is great. How many staff do you have? Thirty-nine. Thirty-nine. That's a, that's quite a lot. Okay, let's go back to uh, let's go there back three to three regions. So the Americas, Europe, and Asia, and there's uh, approximately twelve in each region. Okay. Let's go back to uh, what you can do. Uh, you said you have, you need to find out 100K per month over the next three months. Is that possible at all? I believe in infinite possibilities. <laughs> okay, good. If it was possible, or if it is possible, what do you need to do to make it happen? Well, here's the thing, right? You can't stand over the stuff and be like, I believe in infinite possibilities. Go out there and conquer. And you also can't stand over the stuff with a whip and crack it and be like, make more sales. So, you know, there's a, there's a happy medium somewhere, but that also, I think, loses the passion. And when you lose the passion, you lose direction. Right? But you didn't answer my question. Again. You avoided it. What was the question? The, the question is what does it need to make up? What do you need? What does it need to happen uh -huh. to make 100 k per month? Increase the conversion rate. How? From the lead uh, generation. Uh, sorry? From the lead generation. Okay. But how? 
how are you going to change the conversion uh, the conversion rate? Change the stuff. Sorry, what? <laughs> Out with the old, in with the new. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, how are you going to do it? What can you do to change your conversion rate? You're saying the leads, it's not a problem. You have okay, the leads. You could, I, I guess you can retrain the, the sales team. Okay. Or retrain not retrain. them. Offer them training. In oh, okay. In what? What sort of training would you provide them with? Well, I guess if we're talking about conversions, you've got to start with like role play and stuff like that, and uh, put up, uh, you know, uh, reasons why, as a role play scenario, you're not going to buy from the salesperson, and increase their confidence. Okay. What else could you could you do? Um. Well. There's one obvious thing you could do. Tell me. Get new streams of revenue. Different different streams of revenue. If your if your revenue is wholly reliant upon subscription, yep. and your subscription rates are not going in the right direction at the speed that you anticipated, yeah. Where is your revenue coming from? You can only you can only uh, uh, it's an expression. I don't mean this literally for anyone listening. I'm not mm. someone who does this, but you can only crack the whip of the horse so many times to make him go faster. Mm. You know? Yeah. So if, if you're just not going to manage that or if you're not going to make the landing or you're going to overshoot the runway or whatever expression you want to use, then you've got to find revenue from somewhere else. And in your, in your scenario, where would you find the revenue from? Uh, sponsorship, advertising, um, things like that. Who would be in charge of that? I guess that would be the sponsorship director and the marketing and sales directors. Okay. Fine. So see, even after like 25 minutes of discussion, we've already identified two potential options. Now, the question about is your scenario realistic is very important because if you believe it is realistic, then we should make a plan for it. If it's, I would, I would ask in a real conversation, I would ask the, the question one more time because in my head, 300,000 in, in three months, you know, 100K months while you were not been able to do that only one time you were able to do that like a year, a year and a half ago. In my head, it doesn't sound realistic. So I will work out on an option B, which is realistically, you know, how much money can you make? Which means that we're going to suddenly talk about lay, lays off too for the company, for the company to survive. Mm -hmm. And then I would also address one more point. When you, when you were talking about, you know, leadership, about the staff, there are a lot of examples uh, of companies where when the, 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 the company is in difficulty, when you are when the leaderships, the leaders are completely transparent about it, the staff will actually gather around the leaders and they would they would work they would work harder to get 
you know, to, 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 to keep the ship afloat. And yeah, maybe they see, they see, uh, you know, they see, they see the ship that the ship that is, the ship is going down, you know, they, they lack motivation, but this is where leadership is really important. Something needs to be done by the leader of the company, maybe you, to address the issues, to understand, because they need to know that someone, there is a captain, you know, on board. They need to know that someone knows what is going to happen. Even if it is to tell them, like, I can't guarantee that everyone is going to keep the job, their job, you know, but I can guarantee that in the next three months, at least the next three months, we're going to start, you know, by three months, I'm going to do whatever it takes to make sure that a maximum number of people keep their job. Are you with me or not? Thanks, Leadership, I like it. <laughs> so... This is a fake, this is a fake, uh, this is a mock-up uh, coaching session. So usually I would not go into, um, into uh, uh, providing advice at that, at that stage. But if I see that it is not coming out from the conversation, uh, I would kind of direct the conversation there too. That's why I'm a bit, you know, usually coaches, they, are, they ask a lot of questions and they just ask questions. I don't. I ask questions, but I also provide guidance. I used to be in, uh, well, I run my own, my own small business, but I used to run uh, businesses for others. I know, I know what it means. I have, I have a little bit of experience there too, which I can use. Plus, I've been talking to a lot of entrepreneurs on my, on my podcast. So I got, I've acquired a lot of, uh, you know, insights. Which also I can use. Name of your podcast? Sorry. What's the name of your podcast? It's interviews cracking the entrepreneurship code. So I inter I interview like entrepreneurs from across the world every week, and I've I'm um, gonna I think I've released like ninety seven episodes something like that so far. Awesome. Yes. Uh, if anyone wants some more entrepreneurial tips, go and have a look for uh, Laurent's podcast. I'm sure you'll get lots of value there. Um, Lauren, how, how did you become a coach? Because no coach is born a coach, as I say. <laughs> um, so I worked for others for uh, 18 years, running businesses, SMEs. I've always been surrounded by, by entrepreneurs. And I started running a business when I, was, when I was 24. I was working for this small research agency in, in Asia. And a year after uh, they, they left, uh, a year after I started, sorry, they decided to leave and they gave me the keys of the company and said, hey, go on, well, we need someone to manage and you're the one that we trust the most or you're going you're to manage the company. It was a small company, like a dozen, dozen of staff. So not too big, but still, <laughs> you know, for a 24 year old with no experience, it was a little bit scary and I loved it. I've, I've immediately, I was like absolutely fascinated by running a business. And, and so that's, I kept on doing that uh, with bigger, with bigger, bigger companies. And so I've learned everything by, by myself, pretty much like on this, on the spot. And I discovered that across the years, I was really enjoying all the interaction that I had with the staff, especially when it was like to train them, to mentor them, to coach them. You know, when I see, when I see the, 
when I talk, have a discussion with someone and I see the, the sparkle in their eyes when they understand something, they have a breakthrough and they, or they, they're like, oh, yeah, I didn't think about that. That's, that's awesome. You know, that's, that is a big reward for me. And when I, so when I reached the age of 40, I'm 45 now, I was like, you know, I've been running companies for others. I'm surrounded by entrepreneurs. It's, if I don't do anything now by myself, I will never do it. And so I thought about what is it that I really, really, really like to do? What makes me me? And this is where I thought again about, you know, all this, what I just explained, about being, being with staff and training and coaching. And so I, well, I was like, okay, I'm going to become a coach. It makes sense. And then I'm, I, I said, and I'm going to become a coach for entrepreneurs because I speak the language. And that's how I started. Awesome. Um, let, let's dive deep into the mindset of an entrepreneur. Yeah. An entrepreneur generally is very busy, very active, very motivated. Um, how can they remain balanced? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Bam. The biggest question. It's, a, it's, it's tough. It's tough. That's a big, that is actually a big problem because a lot of entrepreneurs don't make the difference between uh, work and private life and they tend to work too much. That's another reason why you become the bottleneck. You work too much, uh, you burn out. Um, and then when you burn out, you can't make any decisions anymore. It's that, that, that is a big, big issue. Um, so I think the first thing to, to understand is that you need to take care of yourself first. Like if you don't take care of yourself, there is no way that you can take care of others and you can take care of your business. Who do your staff look at? They look at you. You are the example. If you are the, le you're the leader, you're, you're the example. To be able to do that, to show the example, you need, you need to be you know, in shape. But you also need to be in shape because, mentally in shape, because you have so much decisions to make. You have, you have so much pressure to bear. You know, we, oft, we often say that entrepreneurship is a, is a constant roller, of, uh, roller coaster of emotions, but it, it is very true. You can go from super happy to very sad and disappointed within the same hour <laughs> sometimes. And all of that can affect, can affect you. That's why it is very important to take care of yourself, both mentally and physically. You know, physically, go to sports. Don't tell me I don't have time. You, know, you have time to, to do some other stuff. Uh, like, I don't know, spending too much time on social media or, or trying to understand how these, uh, you know, Facebook advertising campaign Facebook advertising campaigns work when it's not your job. <laughs> so... You know, if you have time to do that, you have time to take care of yourself. Or you need to find the time to take care of yourself because over the long term, it will benefit you. And same, do, do find the time to recover, to relax. There's no point in working 24-7. You know, it's 365 uh, days a year. It's, 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 there's no point in, in doing that. Better to reduce a little bit, work less, Enjoy your family because there are other things about in life than entrepreneurship and your company. There, there is your family. And so find, make the time for that too. 
I would say that's that's my first my first recommendation. The second recommendation I would say it's entrepreneurship is a journey. When you start, you know when you start, you never know when you're going to finish. Usually you start with something that from scratch, there's nothing, you don't have any guideline, you don't have any plan, and you have to build it brick by brick by brick by brick. And sometimes you have to uh, remove a part and build it again and whatever. But because it is a journey, enjoy it. <laughs> it's easy It's easy to say, but it's so difficult to do. And I used to be like that, although it was not my company. And you know this, being from in a flow where you go from one challenge to the other, one destination to the other, and when you reach that, when you're there, you believe that you're going to be better. It's going to be like the, the view over there will be will be better. And actually, you find the next challenge, and you never you never stop. And you always you always forget to enjoying the journey. The journey matters. The destination, not so much, but the journey. But the journey matters. And another another point, I would I would add, and this ties into what you were you were we were talking about the money aspect. Don't worship the money would be my uh, would be my third recommendation. Too many entrepreneurs today, startup funders, young startup funders today, I see them. The only first thing they think about is how much money they can get from the VCs, for instance. That is usually a direct path to failure. That is the direct path certainly to a lot of headaches and not 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 a balanced life don't worship the money money is not it's not uh, it's never an end you know money it's the means to an end it's very important yes as an entrepreneur you should always make sure that you have cash you don't end up in a situation we were talking about earlier but it's not an end as soon as you understand that there's a lot of you know that, that a lot of uh, pressure that is relieved is, is, is gets gets away from your shoulders. It's, it's money money can be a, a burden. Great advice, man. Great advice. Um, so lifestyle balance. Um, worship the money. Don't worship the money. Don't worship the money. <laughs> Sorry, don't worship the money. What was the third one? <laughs> Sorry, uh, lifestyle balance. I was talking about. Don't don't worship the money. Enjoy the journey. Enjoy the journey. That's it. Right. So yeah. just so we get that right, don't worship the money. Enjoy the journey and lifestyle balance. Yeah, and the life the lifestyle balance is maybe the trickiest part. Right. Yeah. Well, I guess it depends who uh, who the who is in the scenario. I guess. Mm. different people different experiences different emotions different reactions uh, oh i can add i can add one more okay i'm thinking about it now because we're talking about mindset emotional intelligence work on your emotional intelligence skills very important so emotional intelligence is about uh self-awareness understanding your emotions it's about managing those emotions and it's about also as a leader, you need to be able to identify those emotions in other in other people's so that you can read them, so that you can help them. So emotional intelligence is another very important one. So if you're a very strong-willed, strong emotional person, mm. and let's say you do have self-awareness and you are empathetic, right? Mm. 
still very hard for that kind of person to not suppress but maintain their emotions at a level where they're not boiling you know so yeah how can somebody control their emotions i guess is the question nice nice because i do that exercises with uh, some of my, my my clients um so there are several there, there are several ways to do to do it i'm someone who is very emotional um i used to be not able to control my frustrations as i as i can today the first thing you need to understand is that like you said you can't suppress them they will always be there so instead of suppressing them you need to learn to live with them and not pay attention to them it's very important for instance i got a strong imposter syndrome and i've learned to to cope with it i know it's there but now i've reached a point where i am able to not give give it the attention i used to and how do i do that is Every time when you are, when you're having an emotion, so the emotion is in, inside you, there's always uh, a body, a reaction, a physical reaction, right? All the time. Whatever, whatever it is, you know, maybe maybe for some people it will start from inside, from their guts. They will they will you know when they get angry, they will feel like a, like a hit inside inside their stomach. For other people, they, they mentioned that they got their 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 the head gets uh, gets hot, and they have the impression that they, they they are getting red, you know, or it can be they got some headaches, whatever. There's always a physical reaction. For me, when the imposter syndrome is at play, when it decides to show up, <laughs> and I can't control this when it shows up. Not true, but I, to a certain point, it's not true. I, I have the tendency to, uh, when I'm sitting, for example, I have, I have the tendency to go into this uh, fetus position. Like, you know, I'm, I'm making myself super small like that. Like I, have, I, like I have this voice talking to me and that voice is so loud that I have to, like I have, I have to go like deep into the ground don't, to, to not hear it. So the first thing you need to do is to realize your, your physical reaction, understand them. So that means you need to listen to your body. That will force you to be more self, self-aware. And once you know what sort of emotions trigger what, what sort of physical reaction, then you know what is going on. And because you know what is going on, you can stop it. So when my imposter syndrome is talking to me, and I'm going into that. I'm going into that position. I just, if I'm seated, I just stand straight, straight up. And that simple counter-physical reaction will stop it. It's still there, but I won't listen to it anymore because I took back control. Does it make sense? In it does, but I have an example where I had a client and just happens to be an entrepreneur and he was in a relationship and kind of 
things weren't going well, communication had stopped. And he said to me that he just spent hours every day thinking about her, uh, that he, uh, in some of those hours, would, uh, you know, have uh, pain in the stomach and uh, body shaking and shallow, shallow breath. So, I mean, I think it's difficult for that kind of intensity of emotions and I'm just thinking out loud, it, it yeah. seems pragmatically speaking, yeah. for that intensity to disappear if you just sit up. Yeah, maybe, no, of course. Maybe I'm wrong. No, of course, of course. Well, I'm a coach, I'm not, I'm not a therapist, I'm not a confederate. Maybe, maybe the, that guy needs, needs <laughs> you know, to, uh, to talk to a, ther to a therapist because that is, one of the, that is one of the way of getting it out there and to get back into like controlling your emotions to talk to professionals who can, who can help. I also know, and I know other techniques like introspections, introspection, you know, which is the ability, which is just the uh, writing on a journal, but how you feel, what's going on yeah. and what do you need, what do you need to do to stop it? You know, why is it happening? That's one, one issue, the one way of doing it. Another way of doing it is to work on your breathing, breathing technique. For, in, for instance, breathing, the power of breathing is very, very, very strong. It will help you cool, cool down. But if it's something that, you know, has become chronic, then, you know, consult, consult a professional. That is what I would, I would say. I agree. Um, I think like when it comes to breakthroughs and mm. a bottleneck, in business or emotions, relationships or anything is a breakthrough, right? So mm. I think what we're talking about is acknowledging the state so that you break through the state. Yeah. So like you said, from your fetus position to just sitting up straight, that's called breaking state. Mm. Then there's breaking through the story that you're telling yourself, right? Because basically what's happened is you've uploaded this program that says, yeah. this is the story, this is the story, this is the story, this is the story, and it just keeps going on and on and on and on. So you've got to break the story. And then the final stage of the breakthrough is obviously to create a strategy to help you move forwards. Exactly. exactly. Like you said, if that's getting a coach, getting a coach, getting a therapist, getting a therapist. Yeah. Um, Indeed. So, wow, what a, what a great conversation. Uh, we're, getting, <laughs> cool. we're getting so much out of this for the listeners, I think. I really, uh, I, I could keep recording uh, all day long, but I don't think our listeners have all day long. Um, <laughs> so, you tell me, you're the host. <laughs> uh, I, I would love to, man. But um, I think also, if I put myself in the listener's shoes, we all only have a certain amount of time. I don't know whether... Uh, the people listening right now are downtime at home after feeding the family in the evening. I don't know whether they're on the train, on the plane, whatever the scenario is, there's a fixed window um, yes. of opportunity to dive into a podcast like Stay Outstanding and get value from conversations like this. Mm. So uh, just before we finish today, Lauren, it, it's been really eye-opening and it's been great just having the conversation with you, man. 
Um, if you. anyone did want to get in touch with you, uh, listen to your podcast, uh, connect, how could they do that? Sure. Um, best way is my website, laurentnotin.com. They will find my podcast there. My podcast is also available on Apple, Spotify, and other platforms. Or otherwise, they can get in touch with me on LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Okay, cool. So that's L-A-U-R-E-N-T. Uh, N-O-T-I-N. Yeah. Yes. Right. And uh, just one last question for you today, Lauren. What does yeah. stay outstanding mean to you? Ah, well, what a great question. Stay outstanding. I think I think stay staying outstanding means to to do what you really want. You know. To, to be who you really who you really want to be and not not to not to uh, not to pay too much attention to what other things all the time you know that's what that's what it means to be to stay outstanding in a good in a, and do that in a good way you know you know that I mean do do, do some good uh, <laughs> but do it do it in a way that makes you that makes you you and Right, not what others want you to want you to be. Awesome. Awesome. I love that man. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing with us. You're um, welcome. Thank you for having me. My absolute pleasure, man. And uh, I look forward to seeing where your journey goes. Stay in touch. Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed the content and got any value, please do like it, rate it, follow, subscribe, and leave a comment. You'll find us across all the social media channels, YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. All the links are in the show notes. It's been my privilege to host you today. I'm Gavin Scott. Until next time, stay outstanding.